Uh, so it's that time of the year again then. It's uh, going to be a lot different this year, of course, because of the COVID restrictions. But the 2021 Six Nations tournament kicks off this weekend with Italy versus France and England against Scotland on Saturday with Wales's uh, game against Ireland in Cardiff on Sunday. Uh, let's preview then this year's championship with GTFM's rugby correspondent, uh, Johan Dyer. Uh, first of all, good morning, uh, Johan. Good morning, Gareth. How are you today? I'm not too bad. What, what do you reckon then? A nice tribute to Captain Sir Tom Moore on the Wings of Love. What a remarkable man before we chat about the rugby. Well, just a, a remarkable story in its own right. And uh, we were discussing just uh, off air there, you know, a, a year ago, maybe nine months ago. Nobody had heard of, uh, of uh, Tom Moore. And yet, uh, he's been a, just a, a remarkable figure in this uh, pandemic. And there's so much negativity, bad news, and we hear lots of people obviously affected by it and uh, passed away, sadly. And yet, this remarkable character, at 99 years old, when we first uh, kind of met him, and just uh, extraordinary attitude that he had uh, that was the, that was something which uh, uh, really struck me everything that he'd gone through i remember that he was uh, uh, involved in the second world war and he hadn't had the best of health uh, during his life and yet you know such a a, a simple thing that he did, walking in his back garden, and it really touched the nerves, not only in this country, but around the world. It's just phenomenal. Inspirational. And yeah, absolutely inspirational. It's just, it's just incredible to see what uh, what uh, a contribution somebody, somebody like that can make. And... Uh, well, it's astonishing. And I think there are lots of lessons to be learned. And I hope that people take uh, note of, of what he did, in particular in this, uh, in this pandemic. Do you know what, Britain, you know, in the UK, uh, we're very good, aren't we, um, of, of creating, not creating, it just seems to come naturally, heroes. In the Second World War, you think of people like Sir Douglas Bader or Bader, whichever way you want to pronounce the surname. In the Falklands War, we had our very own Simon Weston from Nelson. And this time around, it's Captain Sir Tom Moore. You know, we look to those people and, and they, they sort of give us inspiration. They lift the spirits, don't they? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, he had difficulty walking, uh, he was using, uh, of course, the the, the walking aids uh, to, to... The famous simmer frame, the famous simmer frame, as somebody yeah, called and, it last night. And, you know, it's it's so easy, you know, to give up and to throw in the towel. But, um, you know, he must have been in some discomfort doing that uh, uh, challenge in his backyard. And yet... You know, he managed to do it and, and raise a phenomenal amount. Uh, you know, I I can't get over how much money that was donated. And uh, I'll never forget uh, when this was all going on, um, the uh, BBC Breakfast, they had uh, an interview with, uh, with um, the local postman. And they decided because of the volume of the cards that he had 
when he celebrated uh, his 100th birthday, that they actually, uh, the post office was, was so overwhelmed with all the cards around the world that they ha- actually had to set up another post office in the local area just to deal with his cards. Yeah, unbelievable. It is absolutely phenomenal. We could talk about Captain Sir Tom, couldn't we, all morning. But anyway, let's preview the Six Nations then, yo, and shall we? Here we go again then. Uh, no crowds, no cheering in the stadium, but at least we've got a tournament. So that was a good start. Well, yes, and, uh, you know, we, we're, we're now into uh, probably a, a year into a sport without any crowds in this country. So, you know, it's it's nothing new. And obviously we uh, had the delay in last year's Six Nations whereby Wales uh, played Scotland a couple of months ago down in Parker Scarlet. So the players uh, will be obviously aware of uh, of the uh, circumstances. They've obviously played regional rugby under these circumstances, so they should know uh, what's ahead. But obviously, the Six Nations, it's a high-profile event. It's a tournament. It's, uh, you know, there'll be a winner, and then there'll be losers. And, you know, it's uh, competitive rugby at the end of the day, and it is international rugby, and it is... You know, one of the most, uh, well, standout, recognisable tournaments, not only in rugby union, but I would suggest in world sport. So it is phenomenally good that sport this level carries on. There was some doubt in terms of uh, the participation of the French side because uh, just a couple of days ago, the French government gave... Um, the French rugby team, the go-ahead to take part in this tournament. Obviously, circumstances around the world are very different, but France, uh, they seem to be struggling with uh, this uh, pandemic uh, at this moment in time. And um, France, at the moment, is under curfew at night. So after 6pm... Uh, people shouldn't be out and about uh, on the street unless you've got an official document. So, you know, there the, there was a lot of doubt, uh, to be honest, with regards to this and whether or not France would be uh, taking part. But uh, thankfully, the French government have allowed the French team to uh, travel to the various places that they'll be playing and also, more importantly, uh, allowing the other teams that play France into France, into Paris, without the need for this seven-day quarantine, which uh, is uh, required for anybody else. So, you know, this tournament wasn't really confirmed until a couple of days ago. So it, it just shows a year into this pandemic, things are still very, very tricky when it comes to allowing people access and allowing players to play in a tournament like this. So Wales kick off then, Yoan, uh, on Sunday against the Irish. Not the easiest of starts, of course, and it doesn't get any easier the trip after, of course, is to Murrayfield. And as you mentioned um, just a couple of minutes back, uh, we lost to Scotland in October uh, down at Parker Scarlet. So that's going to be a tough trip up to Murrayfield as well. So two very tough games to start. 
And I'll also uh, add to the loss at, uh, against Scotland. Wales also lost against Ireland. Yes, uh, yeah, in yeah. In terms of the uh, autumn Six Nations. And it was a very heavy defeat out in Dublin. So, you know, this first game, you know, forget Scotland for a minute, but uh, the Irish... Uh, will certainly be looking to target this game. It's an away game for them. Wales, of course, not at Parker Scarlets this time around, but back at their traditional uh, international venue, the Principality Stadium. No fans, no crowds. There'll be no atmosphere there. And I'm just wondering whether that will suit Ireland, because for me, with all these venues being... uh, restricted to fans, they make them very neutral in terms of atmosphere. So there won't be that fear factor from an Irish point of view when they come to Cardiff. It's a fantastic atmosphere, Wales against Ireland, two Celtic countries. You know, there's there's rivalry, there's obviously friendship as well. But, uh, you know, if you're playing in an empty Principality Stadium compared to a 72 thousand sellouts then there's a vast difference in terms of pressure vast difference in terms of atmosphere and i'm just wondering whether we'll see ireland because obviously they'll be the away side and the fact that there isn't a welsh crowd there will uh undoubtedly uh play into the hands of the irish the, the irish have a mixed record that uh the principality they've won there previously They've lost their previous year. I would say that uh, both Ireland and Wales, uh, you could argue they're in similar positions in terms of where they're at at the moment because both sets of coaches, they're a year into their respective uh, coaching uh, careers. Andy Farrell, head coach for Ireland, uh, he was appointed last year. Uh, he's been part of the coaching setup for Ireland for a few years, but promoted uh, with uh, with Ireland. And yes, Wayne Pivak, uh, this is his second Six Nations competition now. First competition, very average, very disappointing. If I'm honest, uh, Wales not really firing disappointing results. So, you know, the pressure for me will be on Wayne Pivak to certainly improve what Wales do this time around. Now, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go through the, all, all five matches and I want you to say uh, a Wales win or an Irish-Scottish-French win. All right? Yep. OK, so we kick off against Ireland on Sunday. Uh, what do you think? I'm going for a narrow Irish win. Okay. Uh, on the 13th of February, the week after, Scotland away. What do you think? I'll go for a narrow Welsh win. Okay. Uh, then we get the weekend uh, off the following week. So there's two weeks between the Scotland and the uh, English games. Uh, England in Cardiff, that's not easy. But what do you think on the 27th of February, Johan? I think I'm going for a comfortable English win. Okay. Uh, Italy away then on March the 13th. Well, I'm hoping for a comfortable Welsh win, but, uh, you know, that's that's not guaranteed. But I think out of all the fixtures, the, the Italian game will be the easiest from a uh, Welsh perspective. OK, and then, of course, finally, Super Saturday. <laughs> My goodness me, it's Scotland against Italy. That game kicks off at 2.15. Uh, then it's Ireland who face England in Dublin. That one could be 
huge, couldn't it? it it's yeah, a, it's a, it, that's, yeah. That could be a triple crown or even a Grand Slam decider, surely. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, Wales against France, I yeah. think, uh, finish off. And I'm going for a, a French win because I'm tipping France to win the tournament. OK. So, Wayne Pivak, then, you mentioned an average Six Nations in his first tournament last year. Um, if it's an average tournament again this year and Wales finish in the lower half of, of the championship, fourth or fifth, um, the pressure's going to be on him just a little bit, isn't it? Well, I think the pressure's on him now, to be honest, because obviously, you know, he is the head coach of the Welsh national side. There's always pressure, whether you win, lose or draw, in my book, uh, at this particular level. But clearly, uh, you know, uh, it's a results-based business. I will say that... Uh, you know, from my point of view, that coaches need time. And Warren Gatland, you know, he had a long career with Wales. And uh, let's not forget that he didn't have the best of starts at international level from a Welsh perspective. So, for me, uh, Wayne Pivak has to have time, whether the people that make these decisions, uh, you know, appreciate that uh, uh, factor of time and, and leaving him to... Uh, Get his get his sort of uh, thoughts and uh, ways in, but uh, you would have thought after a year and being in this uh, in this environment. Granted, it was a very different year to normal. You know, the the fact of COVID uh, loomed large over uh, the Welsh setup. Obviously, COVID is still a big issue going forward. So whether you know, you have to accept that uh, he's working under different circumstances. But the fact is, all the coaches are working under the same circumstances. So it's not a, a thing just exclusively for Wales. Everybody is working under different and diff difficult circumstances. So I'm sure there will be a degree of pressure. And knowing Wayne Pivak as I do, I spoke to him last week, uh, you know, he's very aware of the, the mixed fortunes of the Welsh side in the Autumn Nations Cup and also last year's Six Nations. But this now is his second year as a Six Nations coach. So he's had one year under his belt. So, you know, he should be fully aware of what's to come. And the fact that they have two home games that might count against them. Obviously, they have to travel then to the three away games, the three blue games. So that's Scotland, Italy and France. But then, you know, Wales, uh, they've, they've gone for a very experienced side, in my opinion. They've brought back the likes of Dan Lidget, uh, who hasn't featured for Wales for a couple of years. Uh, he's been banging form. Uh, Joe North, he's approaching 100 caps for Wales. Uh, he's performed uh, for the Ospreys recently, a really experienced uh, uh, player at this level. And they've got a, a, a sprinkling of youth as well. Lewis Lee Samit, uh, the young winger from Gloucester. He's an exciting uh, prospect. But I think all in all, looking at that uh, squad that he's picked for the Six Nations, I think he's gone for experience. And I think when you're talking about a tournament where there is a winner, then I think it's a focus on tournament rugby where the objective is to win.
Okay, then, Johan, time has beaten us once again. Thanks very much indeed for that. Fingers crossed Wales can beat Ireland on Sunday and uh, get us off to a great start. Johan Dyer, GTFM rugby correspondent. As always, Johan, thanks very much for joining us. No problem. Thank you, Jörg. This is GTFM.